Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. M-S-W Media. Hi, I'm Francis Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela, and welcome to The Final Word! The Final Word with Frangela! The final word. 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 Ooh, we want to thank you for joining us here on this hot, hot, hot day mm-hmm. at the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and MSW Media. Because you know what? You know where to get the best news and entertainment. That's right. Right. Okay. We watch the news so that you don't have to. So you don't have to. And Lord, they acting a fool. Ooh. They acting a fool. Ooh. Acting a fool. We're going to get to Can't that wait. in a second. But before we get to that, we want to thank everyone who is supporting this Black woman-owned podcast. Right now, during two strikes, we cannot thank you enough. We, You are not just the wind beneath our wings, you are the electricity in our walls, okay? Be clear about something. Every little bit helps, okay? <laughs> okay, there's no donation too small. There is no donation too small. Let me tell you something. If you, if you are a supporter, listener, Patreon supporters, you know, post, You know, download a reviewer. That's what I'm saying. Tell people about us on, you know, social media let me tell you something. You can wake up feeling great about yourself, okay? That's right. Because let me tell you something what you are. You are a supportive human being. That is who you are. You are wonderful. That's right. You're a hero. You are a hero. And you know what we give you for being our hero, Angela? What do we give you, Francis? Three micro idiots a week. What? 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 Three? Yes. Yes. Three, Angela. There are over 600 people. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. In the you. bank. You got 600 plus micro idiots waiting for you to hear them. What other, what other business makes you come out ahead when you start donating? Huh? Okay. Come out ahead. Okay. 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 And and if you need a pocket pick me up a Frangela to carry around with you, you know, I don't, you know, we could let me tell you something. We have done pick me ups about getting new jobs, mm-hmm. moving, mm-hmm. new relationships. If mm-hmm. you if you need some Frangela in your pocket, go to cameo.com. Okay, right. put in Frangela and baby, we'll get your video, okay? Get ready to feel good. Get ready to feel good. Okay, also, also, speaking of feeling good, the indictment, the sexy liberal indictment tour. That's right. Is a happening. The live show here in Los Angeles, October 21st with Hal Sparks, John Fuqua saying us, um, and also, of course, the amazing Stephanie Miller. Yes. Her show. And then we have some really cool special guests. Yes, we Rob do. Rob Reiner. Woohoo. 
Come on now. Come on now. Let me tell you something. Do you know you can also get those tickets pay-per-view? What? Yes, Angela. So if I can't be here in Los Angeles, I can watch from the comfort of wherever I want? Absolutely. Go to sexyliberal.com. Get your pick up your pay-per-view tickets right now. We also have shows in San Francisco on uh, January 20th, 2024, and Chicago on 817. Go to sexyliberal.com. Oh, also join us every Friday for the third hour of the Stephanie Miller show. But really, I know you should be there for every hour. You should be there. You're probably already there. Yeah, yeah but we are gonna be there on the third hour every Friday for Fridays with Frangela. That's right. Don't miss it because that's where it all happens. It does. Okay. Can we get started with the crazy? Let's get started. Let's get started. Attorney General Merrick Garland defended the Justice Department's independence during a House Judiciary Committee hearing. I don't know. It was on TV all yesterday morning. I'm sure if you weren't at the office, you came across some of it, okay? Where Republicans accused him of the quote-unquote weaponization of the department's work to favor Biden and his son, Hunter Biden. First of all, I need to start here. Mm -hmm. These people are looking into Joe Biden at the request of Donald Trump. And we all yeah, know we did it. that. Well, we did that story, I believe, last week or yes. the week before <laughs> it was Trump had called them and said, you need to do this. That's right. So, first of all, if you vote for these people, they're not doing your business. No, they're not doing your bidding. No, they're doing the bidding of one man. When these people are supposed to represent millions of people, no, that's not what they're doing, though, Francis. That's not what they're doing. And this is the thing. It, it's the most amazing thing to watch because basically what we watched Attorney uh, General Merrick Garland do yesterday, Francis, mm -hmm. he black mama this hearing. Yes, he did. Because they were coming at him and he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me explain something to you. What is my business? Mm -hmm. Okay. My business is my business. Your business is your business. Okay. You don't get to, the Department of Justice doesn't exist as a do bitch for the president or Congress. That's right. That's how that works. Right. He said, I am, this is a quote, I am not the president's lawyer. Even though Trump felt that Barr and Sessions were his lawyers. Okay. That's me adding that in. He continued on to say, I will add, I am not Congress's prosecutor. The Justice hmm. Department works for the American people. Not you, bitch. Not you. Boom. Not you. I'm not your do, bitch. I'm not your do, bitch. That's it. I'm not your do bitch. That's what Merrick Garland said. Uh, Garland repeatedly pushed back. And he got mad. Yes, he did. He pushed back against House Republicans' accusations that he was slow walking the Hunter Biden prosecution on tax and gun charges. Let me, let me just even stop here. This is ridiculous. The, the, fact, the fact that they got these gun charges. Yes. Trumped up to the place that they are. Yes. And again, I'm going to say it again this week. This is the party that is all about you getting a gun. That's right. And so for me. Not this. They didn't mean Hunter Francis. No, they the didn't founding mean. owners did not mean Hunter Biden. Got you. Got you. Got you. Because for me, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't I don't want a drug addict having a gun in their presence you know, and, and being able to get one. So why don't we create some fucking laws around it? 
the thing that you're calling them out for, I believe, Francis, is what I, I believe that many of the stories, if not all of them today, in many days now are about, which is cognitive dissonance, okay? Yes. <laughs> and hypocrisy. Yeah. And how you can sit there and be for everybody having a gun everywhere and then be like, this is outrageous. This man had a gun. Totally. Totally. <laughs> like, you are literally talking about trying to supply a gun just about to every fetus in the womb that you're trying to quote Thank unquote you. protect. And let's be clear about something. You know what has not happened? I'm going to tell you what has not happened at all. Hmm. You have not heard a single Democrat, including most importantly, the president, suggest that Hunter Biden shouldn't be punished for anything he's done wrong. No. You've not heard one of them say, you know what, if he did these things, he shouldn't be punished. Or if he did these things, nobody should deal with it. Nobody's ever said that. On the contrary, on the cognitive dissonance side, though, we watched President Trump orchestrate and cheer on an insurrection of thousands of people. All of us watched him do it on TV. And they are continually telling us that we should not prosecute him and That's that right. we should not be held accountable for that. The level of hypocrisy out of the Republican Party is, to me, it's at a point where not only is it like a pathology, but it's insane. It literally is insanity. Mm hmm. Absolutely. They can stand there and say any of this. I was like, mm -hmm. everybody should be bursting into flames in the House Absolutely. of Representatives. I don't Absolutely. understand how these people aren't on fire. Well, and this is the and this brings us to this point where we are right now when I cannot trust anything coming out of those elected officials mouths. I feel like America's doomed. Yeah. I feel like we're doomed because we have we have a shadow president running one half of our government. So right now we've got two presidents. We have two Americas. You know, this is the thing, though, I will say on the doomed front, understand this, that, that the echo chamber can get you very scared. OK, no, yeah. but if you look at the voting, like, I think that's Chris did a really good job of it yesterday or the day before on um on his show that all of the special elections and we're talking tuesday night in september elections mm -hmm. have had amazing turnouts and they're all going to the democrats they're going to the democrats most of them there are very few that are going to republicans and the ones that are going to republicans are in heavy republican areas or gerrymandered gerrymandered and because they literally, but they're not winning by what they sh the margin they should be. Mm -hmm. Democrats have gone up. They're they're overperforming. Republicans are underperforming, and they're picking up seats, and that's going to continue. So what the thing is, polling is polling, and we all know how that works. Right. You know, there's this great quote, and I because I ain't never called my house. Thank you, me either. There, I you know, there's this great quote, and I can't remember if it's Mark Twain. I think it might be Mark Twain, but it's you know, facts are really impenetrable, but statistics you can meddle with. Basically, mm -hmm. that's a paraphrase of it. But that's and that's the thing about polling. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before a number of times that you can read the way that you address a poll, and we're going to get to some of that too in here later. Um, is makes all the difference in the world. Yes. And I think that we, it's very easy to be disheartened when you like all of you are marinating in the news and you're paying attention and all that, but don't because where it counts, people are showing up. Well, and you know what? And this is the thing that I have to tell myself on a micro and macro level. I move faster than most. 
Mm-hmm. My brain does. I have an expectation that things move faster than most, right? But I know that the pendulum is swing. I know that the pendulum is swinging back to clarity, to honesty, to good governance. But I'm just not happy about what we're dealing with right now. And I believe, you know, and, and, you know, and that's my thing. And I, and you're absolutely right because, you know, it's hard because it's hard to stay in the solution when the current situation is burning you up. Yeah. Well, no, it's very easy to get off topic, right? That's right. It's like, because they keep changing the the starting line and the finish line, you know, like the Republicans. So it's very easy to get caught up in the poll number that says that people think Biden's too old or they think this or they think that and not ask the question of, wait a minute, first of all, where did you come up with this? Mm -hmm. And is that really the interpretation? Because when it comes down to it, there's the the only polling that matters is in the voting booth. And when people are going to the voting booth, what's happening? They're voting Democrat. Thank you. What's for dinner? Biden. Biden. And you know what? And for me, that to me is the biggest issue because, yeah, if you give me infinity to choose from who I want or would like to be a leader, you know, yeah, I could choose some other people. But, you know, can I can I get Obama back for a third term? I'll do that. Tell me something, Francis. And I mean this, and you know, this is a long trip for me to get to here. I think Biden is is at this point, and he's not done with this term. At this point, he is the best president of my lifetime. He has done more. He has done more done with more. less too. You done know, more in, in a crisis. That's right. Which several on several. top of each other. A worldwide pandemic. That's all you have That's to right. say. Wars, insurrection, uh, uh, worldwide global economic recession. Pandemic, you know, and, recession yeah. and inflation. Uh, you know, the the supply chain, like over and over, vaccination, over and over and over. So I and, and, he, and he's the first person, the only person to lower the child poverty rate, although. You know, it's coming back. It's come back up because they got rid of the program, the Republicans. But it's I do think that he's I would I and I don't think I'm alone in this. I know I'm not. I would choose him again over a lot of over a lot of people. Well, going back to Merrick Garland, he said, our job is not to do what is politically convenient. Our job is not to take orders from the president, Mm. from Congress Mm. or from anyone else about who or what to criminally investigate. Who, oh, what Merrick said. Because, you know, Jim Jordan is sitting there with his uh, shirt sleeves rolled up, sitting there screaming and shouting. But you know who had a comeback of the comebacks? Ooh, 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 our boo. Your boy, Eric Swalwell. Eric Swalwell, he is amazing. Let's listen to, let's listen to his comment for a moment. Mr. Attorney General, my colleague just said that you should be held in contempt of Congress. And that is quite rich because the guy who's leaving the hearing room right now, Mr. Jordan, is about 500 days into evading his subpoena, about 500 days. So if we're gonna talk about contempt of Congress, let's get real. I mean, are, are you serious that Jim Jordan, a witness to one of the greatest crimes ever committed in America, a crime where more prosecutions have occurred than any crime committed in America, refuses to help his country, and we're gonna get lectured about subpoena compliance and contempt of Congress? Jim Jordan won't even honor a lawful subpoena? 
Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There's no credibility on that side. Mr. Attorney General, you are serious. They are not. You are decent. They are not. You are fair. They are not. So I welcome you to the law firm of Insurrection LLP, where they work every single day on behalf of one client, Donald Trump. And they do that at the expense of millions of Americans who need the government to stay open, who want their kids safe in their schools, and would like to see Ukraine stay in the fight so that we don't help Russia. That's the expense that this nonsense, this clown show, I'd call it a clown show, except they actually have real responsibilities that affect real Americans. Get it, Eric. Okay. 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 And he had, you can't see it, but tell him first. They had, he had not one, but two different screens up showing the date and time with a rolling clock. That's right. Counting down the minutes since of, of Jim Jordan evading his subpoena, not complying with it. And, yes. and, 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 and he walked out of the room during it, which Eric, uh, Representative Swallow said, he walked, leave me, Eric, like I know him. Um, he is like, it's absolutely and this is the thing this is what needs to happen that was some gangster ass shit because you That's know what, what? everybody needs to have that every time jim jordan what i want is every democrat in every committee to have That's that right. and every time one of them says it hold it up yeah <laughs> and go you know what how about this how about this how yep. about these apples uh, you know what not only that for me i need you to have those computers charged up and every time so I don't care what you're talking about. Oh, dude, Every that's Democrat such a good idea. Open it up and say, Jim mm. Jordan, start with. Oh, oh, all those when they stop in the hallway, when they yeah. stop them in the rotunda to talk, they should all have. the. Oh, wait a minute. Let me hold up my thing. And they could be talking about the climate crisis, but they're holding up the Jim Jordan. <laughs> they're not complying with his subpoena numbers. Oh, that's good. That's right. Because I'm going to tell you, we have got to figure out how to beat these people at this shitty game they're playing uh, with our lives. Tim Scott, you know, nice guy, Tim Scott. Tim Scott, I'm baking biscuits at home. Tim mm -hmm. Scott, oh, I'm not like these other Republicans. I offer hope and and and, and clarity. Biscuits. I'm the, I'm, and biscuits. I'm the nice Delicious guy biscuits. Republican. Tim Scott praises Reagan firing strikers when asked about historic auto workout. These people are not for you. If you are working class in this country, I don't care what color you are. If you work, these people are not here to support you. No. Th this is a man who, you know, these are people sitting there talking about breaking the backs of te the teachers union. Tim Scott praised then President Reagan's firing thousands, fi uh, firing thousands of striking federal workers when asked Monday about ongoing United Auto Workers strike. He offered some of the harshest criticism of any Republican White House hopeful so far when asked about the historic strike. Quote, I think Ronald Reagan gave us a great example when federal employees decided they were going to strike. He said, you strike, you're fired. Simple concept to me, to the extent that we can use that once again. Okay, this shows a number of problems, this comment. Yeah. The first problem is... The air traffic controllers, before I even get into how how wrong I believe that was, the air traffic controllers were federal employees. The United Auto Workers are not. Mm -hmm. 
number one. So that's not something the president, any president can can do. You can't also there are laws against firing people for striking. Mm -hmm. That is not how you deal with it. And you are supposed to stay out of this private company's business. Yep. Well, this is the first time in history the UAA, UAW, I'm sorry, is targeting General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis all at once. Among the UAW's demands are higher wages, better benefits, and certain protections regarding automakers shifting to electric vehicles. And see, this is where everybody's talking about, you know, Biden has an EV agenda. Well, the world does. The world does. Absolutely. When you're in Europe, they don't, you you can't get the gas. And, yes. and like there are not even gas stations in major cities at this point, a lot of them, because it's like, no, they can't deal with, they're, they're addressing the climate crisis. Absolutely. And here's the thing. When I sit here and I think about how much protections people like coal workers have, you know, mm -hmm. how we're trying to protect those jobs. The reality is I want everybody to get paid. I want everybody to get paid part of whatever historic profits that are happening. And we also have to leave room for new emerging technologies that will get us off of, the, you know, gas and oil. It's it's. Also, you just can't stop progress. Like, <laughs> it's just going to happen. And the reality of that is that the, it's just like with the coal jobs. And the, and the number of workers that affects is so small compared to the auto industry. But the thing is that they will have, they're going to have to train people on how to make those cars and on how to deal with the problems that happen in those cars because they aren't the same problems because they don't have combustible, you know, internal combustion engines. And so that's... When you look at the fact that this isn't what we need to do is take care of our workforce, take care of everybody in it and educate people so that they can participate in the changing planet. And, I, you know, for example, our industry is also being challenged by new technologies, which is AI. Which we is why we're on strike. strike. Exactly. Because exactly. they want to not pay us for our likeness. They want to have, they want to be able to use CGI and not, and they can use your image forever for free. Right. Well, Stephen Fry going, um, going up, stepping up to the microphone, talking about AI. He's like, someone just used my voice as narration in a film via AI. They didn't ask me. They didn't pay me. Well, you know, so there's uh, somebody, I guess it's the estate of Tupac Shakur suing chat GBT for plagiarism of the, um, or maybe it's not the estate of the, I think it's a plagiarism of the book, the murder of I'm getting this title horribly wrong. I think the murder of Tupac Shakur. Mm -hmm. um, so they're suing. Wow. Uh, GBT for that because it is plagiarism. Mm -hmm. But I don't like this is the thing. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But it is something that has to be dealt with. And the reality is we can't say you, there's no way we can't have AI. Right. Nobody's even considering that act that what they're saying is that it has to be regulated and you can't use people's voices or likeness without their permission and compensation. That's it. And then the other half of it for writers is what studios want to have happen is they want AI to write the scripts and then humans to come in and humanize it. 
right? And find the errors, find the and mistakes. Find the errors that the, that the computer made. Let me tell you something. They've been doing this in other ways before. So that's many, right. Every script you you ever hear, right? Whether it's a film or TV show, all of those go through a process where they bring in writers who they pay substantially less, and I mean way less to, and who they don't give any public writing credit to, to what they call punch up. Yep. Scripts, which very often is a lot. Mm-hmm. So we were already engaged in this already existed. Now they've cut out the person in it. Absolutely. And here's the other part of it. Think about, you know, when, so when the studios are looking for new shows, what they're, what they do is they send out a list of what they're looking for. And basically yeah. their prompts. Right. Their prompts that we're looking for a shiny floor game show that features a, you know, a a star and singing competition. Now you can put that into chat GPT. You can put that in open source AI. They will come up with a thousand different ideas. Okay. Full disclosure. I am mouthing to Francis right now. We need to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't use the technology, but I have to use it in a way that isn't, you know, destructive of other people's ability to earn an income. You know, that's, that's, an, and, and doesn't violate their rights, you yep. know? Yep. yep. I mean, they could use your voice to narrate Birth of a Nation too. That's messed up. I don't want that. Absolutely. And, <laughs> and your likeness. Thank you. Although I doubt they would do that. Okay, and let's next. What's next? What else do we have next? 64% of voters feel that a Biden-Trump rematch means the political system is broken. 23% say a rematch means the system is working. This is the kind of thing I was referring to earlier. Mm -hmm. Because I don't remember being asked this question or hearing any polling on this issue of is the system broken when Trump won? No. When Trump was running against Hillary Clinton with an unqualified like reality show star was running against the most qualified candidate we've ever had for president. Nobody put out a poll about does this show the system is broken or that it's working, but now they're doing it. Why? Because it's all about get fucked with the Democrats, get Biden off the ticket because he will win. That's right. That's right. Far right house Republicans block spending bill as shutdown looms five right, uh, right wing house Republicans Block debate on the usually bipartisan annual military spending bill, handing an embarrassing defeat to Speaker Kevin McCarthy as he scrambles to avert a government shutdown at the end of the month. McCarthy and other Republican leaders are trying to pass a year-long spending bill and a temporary measure to keep government agencies funded for a month after they run short of money September 30th. A dozen hardline conservatives almost immediately rejected a stopgap spending bill proposed by McCarthy and negotiated by Republican centrists and conservatives. It's their bill. It's their bill. I'm telling you, they are in the way of government. I keep saying it. You are vote. What your vote is not for you. You're, what you're voting for is, and you're sending people to into government to block. Things coming to you. 
Yeah, no, we're, we're you're voting for people to go into government. If you vote for any of the Republicans, you're voting for people to go into the government and be Donald Trump's do bitches. That's, That's right. It's the do bitch shuffle. That's what and 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 we, I'm not Donald Trump's do bitch. Do you understand me? I am not. The plan would to cut domestic agency budgets by eight percent and reinstate some Trump era border restrictions. So that's what they're doing. Uh, and they can't even get that done for themselves in their own chamber where they run shit. But you know what they did do? And I know you had this later, but I think it belongs here. You know what they did manage to do? They hmm. managed to get the uh, the House Oversight Committee on Tuesday scheduled a first hearing in the Republicans' impeachment inquiry targeting President Biden for September 28th. That they got done. Yeah, but they can't fund the help fund the government. Thank you. We'll be right back after these messages. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth. Welcome back. Republicans slam Schumer for relaxing Senate dress code. Republican senators and conservative commentators, I know, lashed out at Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer's decision to relax the chamber's dress code. Critics focused their criticism on John Fetterman, who often wears shorts and uh, hoodies to work. Conservative commentator Monica Crawley called Fetterman a revolting slob. You know what is a revolting slob? You know who I need you to talk about is Lauren Boebert. Thank you. Okay. Let me tell you something. You know, somebody said this whole life, full life. Get your get your get get your life, baby. But don't be out here telling everybody how to live a, a Christian conservative lifestyle with somebody's hands up your skirt during a public event. Okay, and, and, and vaping and and but be clear, didn't one of them call each other a bitch too? And Marjorie Taylor yeah, called yeah. whatever and on the house floor. Like these people qu- critiquing anybody else's behavior, lack of professionalism. But again, another black mama moment. I believe that what Chuck Schumer did is he black mama this complaint. He went, mm-hmm. oh, you don't like what he's wearing? Okay, fine. It's not the dress code. Now it is. Yeah. Are we done with that issue? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, fine. You know what? No longer have it. Do what That's you want. right. Now we're done. <laughs> like, you know what? I saw people suggesting that Fetterman wear a tan suit. And I was like, please <laughs> do it. Please do it. It's huge. That man is 6'9". I know. He can't get any other clothes, Clothes. I think. I'm telling you. You know (laughs) what? You know what? I, 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 you know, back in the day. They don't pay them enough. Back in the day, I used to, I wouldn't date anybody under 6'3". I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. What are we saying? No, I know what you're saying. Little little one, what are you saying? (laughs) Oftentimes, my boyfriends were like 6'6", 6'9". And, um... Did know. you even know that they if they were talking to you? <laughs> I know. I know. What was wrong with me? And let me tell you, you were absolutely. I was sciencist. I was just ridiculous being 4'11". You were self-hating. You were self-hating little, little. 
Tom Tom is one of the shortest guys I've ever dated. Tom six was he six one six one six two yeah six one. Let me tell you, uh, but here's the deal: those big guys, there's no clothes for them. There are there. Look, I'm telling you, and we're lucky he's able to cover any of that. I'm t- leave that man alone. He doing the best he can with the you know, fabric God gave him. Okay. Leave the man alone. Leave the man alone. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't even get my mind wrong. President Zelensky is here asking for support for to keep their country a country and alive. And you talking about what people wear. Couldn't it be less important? I need them to stop putting microphones in front of Marjorie Taylor Greene's mouth because nothing comes out of it that needs to be amplified. Fetterman responded by saying America is about freedom and choice. Schumer agreed. Senators are able to choose what they wear on the Senate floor. He said in a statement, I will continue to wear a suit. So how about them's apples? This is what I'm talking about. What's for dinner? Biden. Thank you. Uh, Speaking of Biden, the House panel schedules the first Biden impeachment hearing. Impeachment over fucking what? What you impeaching over? We're going to find out through the hearing is what we're impeaching him on. We're going to make you going to make some shit up. Yes, we're going to throw stuff and see if any of it sticks. Day one wardrobe. (laughs) We'll start with wardrobe and work our way down. I have to talk about this. Federal charges filed over New York toddler's fentanyl death. What the fuck, Angela? The owner of a New York City daycare center where a one-year-old boy was sickened by an apparent opioid exposure and later died now faces federal charges accusing him and a tenant of storing a kilo of fentanyl on children's playmats. Okay. I know this is not idiot of the week. No, it's 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 tragic. It's, it's tragic. It's, you know, it's infuriating. But here's my thing. And this is the reason why I'm saying this is I have to say this in terms of criminals. Either you crying or you taking care of children. Thank but you, you can't Francis. do both. Thank you. This is a very simple case of you've got to prioritize. And when you're in the middle of crime, you can't also run a daycare center. The two can't happen at the same time. You can't can't work with fentanyl and toddlers. You can't do it. You can't, you really can't work with fentanyl and anything. No, like like that's its own career choice. Okay. It's not a part-time job. It's not a DIY. It's not, it's not a hobby for the family. It is a career choice that you cannot do with anything else. Which I'm, I'm going to say, there's something really frightening about this mixture. Oh, uh, yeah. Because beyond it, just the frightening of is of it is is that there these are people who are running a preschool with toddlers, a daycare, who are sitting here going, "We need to bring in extra money. It's got to get better in this country." Okay, because if if you're sitting here and you you're saying, "I'm I'm." taking care of children, but I'm also running, facilitating drugs. We got to, you know, we got to provide better options for people in this world. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And and I think, did you, have you seen the, the Matthew Broderick and a lot of people are in it, but Matthew Broderick plays the Sackler. 
I started watching. How is it? I liked it. Uh huh. I did like it, particularly because I'm really unfamiliar with the fentanyl situation and 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 with opioids. In, well, and opioids, how? I mean, I will say that that I everybody I've ever heard of talking about being addicted to opioids, they all started with back pain. Absolutely, nineties, like, late nineties. Those commercials were on TV back talking pain. about. I had back pain, and my doctor gave me this. And it's really what was really amazing and instructive about it and, and, and tragic and horrifying was to watch somebody go into the doctor with his wife. He has he has a back injury. He gets surgery. He's in a lot of pain. They give him this drug. And then every time he feels like he needs more, they up the dose. And then suddenly they tell him he's addicted and he can't have it anymore. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's it's so it's so sad to me and so incredible that we have allowed this family to yep. not be in jail when all they are are drug dealers of Thank the worst you. kind. Thank they you. knew what they were doing and they specifically decided they wanted people addicted because they'd make more money. Absolutely. But meanwhile, and I say this all the time, meanwhile, you want to, we want to sit here and be mad at, at Mexican drug lords. Thank you. Shipping drugs. I'm like, no, no, kids, no. Kids selling dime bags of weed in, in Chicago. You know what the billionaires up in here right now. Thank but because, you. because they're white. They're still selling it. That's, that's the right. thing. They're still selling it. That because they're rich and white. You watch this movie, this or miniseries, and you fully expect, if you didn't know any better, you would fully expect it to be like, oh, so we stopped allowing this drug to be made, right? No. <laughs> and that's because there are uses for it, but also this company shouldn't be allowed to do anything. That's right. They should all be in I don't understand. Well, you know, here we are. Increases in wildfire smoke have reversed two decades oh. of improvements to air quality in three quarters of yeah. all the United States. Yeah. And you can tell out here in California, you know, the air had gotten, I lived out here in the 90s briefly, and like, and you could see there, you know, yeah. it was green um, it in was the green. 90s. And now when you're here, uh, before COVID, like it, we, the smog actually, when, when we got here in like the 2000s, was like, very much under control you mm -hmm. know it's a whole different thing it's now back you know and it's real it, i can see it it's not just a, a data point that i don't have a relationship to right well now biden announced the first ever american climate corps it's an initiative to train more than 20,000 young people to jo for jobs in clean energy and climate resilience modeled on the new deal era civilian conservation corps uh which put millions to work during the Great Depression. The American Climate Corps provide young people with skills to work in wind and solar production and installation, disaster Hello. preparedness, forest management, coastal restoration, and land conservation. Why just only 20,000? Well, because they can't even keep the lights on right now, Francis. That's true. That's true. That's That's, true. I mean, and be understand that this is, here we are. You know what isn't in here? Dress code. Fucking no. nobody like it's like this is a, this addresses so many issues: employment, education, future technologies, the climate crisis, and these are things that the young people are not only they're interested in. This this is yes. the number one issue for for younger people, and it's because they know they don't. We're not going to have a planet. Like I have not seen a single future movie that it has Florida in it where Florida exists. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, except a thin strip in the middle. The assumption is, 
all this is gone. Yep. All participants in the program will be paid and most positions will not require previous experience. This is important because, this is a quote, this is important because we're not only opening up pathways to bold climate action. We're not just opening up pathways to decarbonization. We're opening up pathways to good paying careers, lifetimes of being involved in the work of making our communities more sustainable, more fair, more resilient in the face of a changing climate. White House Climacy Policy Advisor Ali Zadi said. Which is amazing. That's what I taught when I say this president is the best president of my lifetime and I did not see that coming. And that is our final word. Best president, our final word. And now it's time for emails, emails. Time to go get your emails. We got so many lovely emails this week. We decided to read a bunch of them. So please remember, you can write us at frangela08 at gmail.com. Yes, this is from Jody S. Thank you so much. Things to improve the United States system. You asked. We did. Yeah. And Jody said, I am Canadian. I want to say first that there are tons of things in our system that need improvement, but I think whenever I want to do something in a better way, I look around to see if someone else does it better. That's why Google, Pinterest, and YouTube are so popular. It's a very good strategy. Yes. So in that spirit, here are a couple of things that I think are better in Canada that might help out. One, if you have been convicted of a major crime, you can vote, but you can't run for office. We could use that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people still in prison can even vote. It's a very positive part of rehabilitation to learn civic duty. We don't need criminals in charge, though. Yes. Two, we have extremely strict campaign finance laws. Politicians have a surprisingly tiny amount of money to work with, and donations are very restricted. Dark money doesn't get control. Mm-hmm. Gerrymandering mm. is not a thing. Several decades ago, some really smart people realized it was important that our elections be overseen by a nonpartisan organization. They set up Elections Canada, who reports to Parliament overall and not to the party in power. They redraw district lines every 10 years or so, and it is done to ensure fairness. What? Fairness? I had no, thank you. I had no idea that these things were so important until I saw what happens if they don't exist. If the U.S. was able to do any of these things, I think it would be a big help. And you were absolutely right, Jody. It would. Yes, it would. Thank you so much, Jody. Next up, this is from Valerie. This, she said this is from Patreon Micro Idiot number 604. Hours long erection inducing poisonous spider closes store. <laughs> She says, this episode was brilliant from beginning to end. The opening, the telling the sad truth about residual checks, the middle exploring ED. Is it a dysfunction or just life happening? The end, Angela's conversion. Uh, Finally seeing the evil spiral cabal for what it is, misogyny. Chef's kiss, ladies. Thank you, Valerie. You are absolutely right. (laughs) And that you can hear if you are a Patreon member. That's right. Thank you. Next, this is from Dorothy P. She said, I don't know if this helps, but I subscribe on Patreon and listen to Apple Podcasts. Gave us five stars to give you double exposure. Thank you. Anything, listening, reviewing is so helpful, especially if you just hit the five star. Exactly. And Mark G said, Frangela, you have single-handedly redefined comedy from yes to hell no. And then, um, then I, if you saw, if you heard Micro Idiot five ninety five, it was on the necrobiotics. That's the bu- <laughs> these people, these 
so-called scientists who have been making robots out of dead spiders. <laughs> okay. It's infuriating. Infuriating. So um, is this Bridget? Yes. yes. Bridget who wrote, uh, yeah, or wait. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. And the this this is comments. And one was from somebody N A T X and the next other comments from Bridget. It says, Yay, I love when my idiot suggestions get used. And as expected, you delivered the laughs in a couple Stephanie Miller style snorts. Mm-hmm. And then Bridget wrote, Look, this is just not something we ever need to do. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, Thank it you, isn't. Bridget. No, no. And let me tell you something. We have I know we have some converts for saint street justice mm-hmm. and if you want if you want to work in our administration you should write us and let us know what you'd like to be doing at the hospital but alice s i'm going to tell you something she has come over yeah i think we're going to start assign- assigning those jobs yes we're going yeah. to because because alice s she said you know i had to play this week's idiot twice people are crazy and not in a fun way <laughs> and you know and this is the thing alice is now a part of the administration is basically she she is she's converted y'all did we give her a job yet um well yeah we recently gave somebody a job and i don't remember if it was alice are you head of hr alice is head of hr i think she is head of hr if she's Mm. not she is now (laughs) that's how we promote at St. Street Justice, by the way. Come on over to Idiot of the Week so you can laugh with us after talking about such crazy things in politics. Oh, and now it's time for Resistance wrap up, 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 up. Where we give you something you can do. Yeah. Okay. To help us along in our fight for righteousness. Progressive Turnout Project, PTP. You go to Turnout Pack, that's T-U-R-N-O-U-T-P-A-C dot org. Yes. Now, Progressive Turnout Project is dedicated to mobilizing the Democratic Party and defending democracy. Our voter turnout initiatives are solely focused on motivating Democrats to exercise their right to vote. They are the largest voter contact organization in the country. So get on over there, please, and check them out. Get over there. They need lots of help. And they've in twenty in twenty twenty one through twenty twenty two, they were proud to have played a role in electing seven hundred and ninety three Democrats up and down the ballot, expanding our U.S. Senate majority and building in state power to cement progressive priorities. So this is a great organization to work with. There's probably a chapter near you, or you can make one. Go online and check them out again at turnoutpack.org. I'm Francis Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela, and thank you so much for listening to The Final Word! It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth.